Hello everybody, Ben Lovers here, the Raptors Digest, tracking the Toronto Raptors, 84-76, lost to the Miami Heat, a solo pod here today, and before we get into it, I've been, I've been pretty sick the past few days, so I apologize if I sound a bit congested on the, the podcast, but the Toronto Raptors came out and didn't do much in energizing Raptors fans across Canada, across anyone watching, there's a lot of Raptors fans cheering at the beginning of this one at free throws and all that, but... Their, their cheers were silenced as the game went along because the Toronto Raptors, they played solid defense, you know, keeping the Miami Heat to 84 points, but the offense really just wasn't there tonight. The The shots just weren't going in, and they weren't getting bad looks, to be fair. The Miami Heat stayed in the zone the whole game, and I guess it made sense, too, because the, the one issue with the zone is if you can get it inside, you collapse, and then you kick it back out. There's going to be open three shooters. But when the Raptors did that tonight, they had to, because the Heat do really good at rotating through this, but your open shot, there's someone running at you every time when you play the Miami Heat. But those are shots the Toronto Raptors, you know, guys like Fred, Kyle, they usually hit those. They, even if, it, you know, if you give them a bit of space and then you run out late, those are shots that usually go down for these Toronto Raptors players. But n- no one, no one on the roster could hit a three tonight. Ibaka, oh, four from the three-point line. Lowry, two of 12. Fred Van Vliet, one of 11. McCaw, one of four. OG went two of five, which is not bad, but, you know, two threes there. And Terrence Davis, zero of five from the three-point line. Stanley Johnson also missed, uh, missed a step back one in the corner. So the shots just were not falling for anyone on the Toronto Raptors tonight, and because the Heat were, were packed up in a zone, obviously it's easier to guard the paint when you're in a 2-3 zone defense. And even even when the Toronto Raptors got the ball inside to Ibaka, he got a he got a lot of buckets tonight. He was he had 19 points, but 9 of 21 from the field, which isn't a horrible field goal per- shooting percentage. But if you looked at the ones he missed, he missed a lot of those little hooks, those little floaters that you usually see Ibaka make. He was a bit hesitant on all of his jumpers and... Yeah, yeah, we don't mind him being hesitant on a couple threes, taking his time, being settled when he shoots them, but the mids, the middies for Ibaka, he's got to shoot them with confidence, let it fly as soon as he gets them, because he's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league, in my opinion, so I, I think, I, I was just real confused when Ibaka would get the ball in the mid-post area, around the free throw line, he'd hesitate, he'd let people get, you know, the, the Heat's defense readjust to, to block him out, so... That, that was real unfortunate to see from Ibaka. After the first quarter and he missed a couple of the easy ones, I was like, okay, once Ibaka gets the, the easy ones going, he's going to have a big night tonight. They say in that zone he's getting an easy 30-piece, but the shots just weren't going down from him, and the Raptors couldn't take advantage. They couldn't take advantage from the outside for obvious reasons, and they couldn't take advantage on the inside. So just a mess of a game all around. This is a tough loss to take where it's coming in the season. We've now lost four of our last six. We've had a tough schedule, but... Going up against the Miami Heat as well, we're fighting with them for a position where we're trying to get to that second seed because I think a lot of Raptors fans would agree we're not trying to play the Bucks in the second round. We'd like to inevitably match up with them in the conference finals if that that could be the case. And the, the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, they're all super strong. So if we can get, because it's going to be tough to get the first seed the way the Bucks are playing in the regular season, but if we can get that second seed where we play the Nets likely, in all likelihood in the first round, that'd be a much easier matchup than the Pacers, the Sixers, whoever else ends up down there. And the Miami Heat are currently in that position. They're currently them and the Celtics. Not sure who will be after after tonight, but uh, th- those two teams are, are currently ahead of the Toronto Raptors. And we want to knock them out of that their position. We we want that second seed. This is this is a year in the Eastern Conference where seeding is going to matter very, very much, especially for that first round, second round matchup. So, the the Raptors got to come out here and start beating some of these upper tier teams tonight. We've uh, we only get three games against the Miami Heat this season, and assuming we don't play them in the playoffs, 
And we've already lost the season series. So the home court, assuming we're tied with them at the end of the year, that's that already goes to the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics. We lost our first game to them, and uh, we obviously split the, the Christmas Day, the game after Christmas Day, uh, back-to-back. So we're currently down 2-1 against those teams. And, yes, the Toronto Raptors have struggled against good teams this season. They've gotten some wins, but they've they've struggled in terms of beating these top-tier teams, especially when compared to past years. Like last year, we were pretty solid against the top-tier, upper-tier teams. And even the season before, when we had the, the deep bench mob, we, we were able to knock down some teams in the regular season. We had a lot of teams scared. And then, you know, this year, yes, we've beaten the Celtics. Yes, we, we've had that nice win against the Lakers. But most games, it seems like the Toronto Raptors, they're always in it, but they're a little bit outmatched when it comes down the stretch. And a part of that has to do with injuries. The Toronto Raptors have sustained a lot of injuries this season, and right now we have Gasol, Norman Powell, and Pascal Siakam out. Those are three starting caliber players, and honestly, Norman Powell is probably going to maintain that starting position the way he was playing when he went down, and to, to be able to compete and play the level we're at, I guess it's something to take into account. Obviously, Raptors fans have really high standard for this team. We just won the NBA championship, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves in terms of the, our expectations, so I just want to say that because I've been sounding pretty negative on this pod. But I don't know. The The Raptors got to bounce back. They got to they gotta, they gotta get either people healthy or figure out how to close out games and not shoot an abysmal percentage from the three-point line night in, night out. But there was some positives to take away from this game. Uh, OG Ananobi, he came out the first half, looked real bad. It's, there's no other way to put it. Then he hit the, the final shot of the, the half and came out the start of the second half and looked real good. He was making some nice drives, a couple nice passes, getting some rebounds. And he ended the game with uh, not, not 19 points. Serge Ibaka had 19 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 points, which is a solid box score for OG. Two steals, three assists as well. And, you know, the start of the second half, played played really good basketball for about a stretch of four or five minutes. Made nice passes, rebounds, all that sort of stuff. But this is the thing about OG. Consistency. It's usually game to game. We see him look comfortable and then not comfortable. Comfortable, then not comfortable. And, you know, against the Cavs, and obviously we didn't uh, put out a podcast for that, but he, he looked really solid. He was knocking down shots, and it was it was real, real pleasing to the eye. And then tonight, it wasn't just a variance across games. It was a variance across quarters, because the, the first two quarters was real tough. Then third quarter looked real nice, and then the fourth quarter went back to that passive kind of shell-shocked looking OG, and I, I just want to see the guy play with that smoothness, play with that comfortability at, at all times, uh, throughout the the whole course of a game, and I'm not asking him to knock down every shot, I'm not asking him to be the best three-point shooter in the league, or anything like that, anything out of the reason, but just to play within the flow of the game, be confident in his abilities, because he has a lot of the intangibles, intangibles to be a really good player, and I'd like to see that consistency more from OG. And that inconsistency got him benched last game, and I'm surprised Nick Nurse went, went back to him as a starter uh, as quickly as he did. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes what happens going forward with OG because he had that amazing start to the season. His October, his uh, you know his first, I'd want to say four or five weeks of the year, was one of the best three-point shooters in the league and obviously always plays remarkable defense. And i just love to see him get back to that, get back to that consistency. And uh, a couple other players... Uh, I thought Rondé played solid tonight. Did from for what you expect from Rondé, made most of his shots around the rim. Uh, Thirteen points, seven rebounds, and yeah, I, just a solid Rondé Hollis Jefferson game. Wouldn't mind to see him get put back in the starting lineup the way he played against the Cavs, and just when he's playing confident, he's a guy that looks good as well. And yeah, that's the that's most of the positive. Serge Ibaka did, you know, he had nineteen and ten, which is a solid box score. But again, I talked about him in the beginning. 
And the the defense, the defense of the Raptors tonight, I, I'm going to give them credit. They played a really solid defensive game. Limiting the Miami Heat to 84 points uh, is a really solid showing, but unfortunately could not capitalize on the other end. And honestly, it's kind of impressive how well they play defense because usually when your shots aren't going down at all, it, it, it tends to affect your defensive game. They, I guess they weren't turning the ball over as much, but they're, yeah, they're not many turnovers to the Raptors tonight, just 10, but... When you're not scoring, it's easy for the other team to get confidence, and the Raptors did a good job of limiting them, and honestly, everyone played well on defense, OG, Serge, McCall, there's a couple of lapses, Rondé played really well, Boucher was getting a lot of rebounds, but really couldn't translate to the, to the offensive end, so we're just going to swing it straight into the segments, because there's a lot of stuff we have to talk about, but tonight, the spicy P lay of the day, go, in, go into a couple defensive plays, because when the Raptors are played the way they did tonight on offense, it's got to go to something defensive, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson had a really nice block. I believe it was on uh, Derek Jones Jr., who's a really amazing athlete, dunker. He, he just floats in the air, whether he's doing a layup or, or a slam, and honestly, almost jumped over TD in a alley-oop that Lowry kind of stopped the, the possession before. It was a bit scary moment, but Derek Jones Jr. gets real high on his, on his jumps, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was not having any of it. He was not trying to get poster tonight and made sure he got the block on Derek Jones Jr., and the ball ended up hitting Jones and going out of bounds. So that, that was a really nice sight, and Chris Boucher had another one that was, I believe it was Jones as well, actually. Jones was trying to, trying to poster people all night, and uh, Boucher... Another one. Get that garbage out of there. That's that's what we would have heard if Jack Armstrong was on the on the broadcast, but he wasn't. So a couple nice blocks for the Raptors. A few positive plays on the defensive end, but not all plays can be the spicy play of the day. Some just make you say, oh, geez. And tonight, a couple OGs plays of the day. Uh, one of them is going to Patrick McCaw, because Ma- Patrick McCaw was objectively bad tonight. Did nothing on the court. Had one of those games that we talked about with Patrick McCaw has a tendency to just really float around, not have an impact in any sort of way, because he's jack-of-all-trades, but doesn't have that one skill to really fall back on when things aren't really going for him, and tonight, things weren't really going for Patrick McCaw, and had one of those nights where he was three points, one assist, one rebound, 28 minutes, one of eight from the field, one of four from the three-point line, and for the OGs play of the night, had one of the worst layups I've ever seen in my life. I know the shot clock was expiring, probably thought he had less time than he did, but he was underneath the rim, no one in front of him. Serge Ibaka kind of saved the ball and bounced to him, and I don't even know what he was doing. It, it didn't make sense. Had the ball, he just like threw it off the other side of the backboard in the most awkward motion. Missed two other layups as well tonight. Uh, one was a reverse layup, and one was an open kind of right-handed banker. I don't know what was going through McCaw's head tonight. Really wasn't into the game. You know, McCaw has shown some positive signs as of late, especially after that Christmas Day, just atrocious performance. So hopefully Point McCaw gets back on track or Nick Nurse really scales back the minutes. And, you know, the one interesting thing tonight, too, is McCaw got a lot of run. OG got a lot of run in the first half where he was really struggling. And O'Shea Brissett, O'Shea Brissett got no minutes at all. And he's a guy, I know he's not known for his offense and anything like that, but maybe his energy could have changed something for the Raptors. And he is a decent three-point shooter. We saw that in preseason. We've seen him take a few in the past few games since he's been getting run. I don't know. If things aren't working, I'm surprised you give him, give him a, you don't give him a chance if you're Nick Nurse. I guess Stanley Johnson got some run tonight as well, and he didn't do much with it. Took a wild step back three in the corner. But it's all defense though. But what this isn't the game you test Stanley Johnson out, in my opinion. He's a guy that... He's an OG light. He's a he's a guy that 
does all the little things, can provide defense, can be a decent three-point shooter, but isn't going to take over, give you instant offense. So when, when you need that from your team, it's, it's a weird time to throw Stanley Johnson into the fire. But there's a lot of people looking for Stanley Johnson to get minutes, and maybe Stanley Johnson was Nick Nurse's attempt to switch up the offensive flow. But yeah, that, that's the those are the OGs moments. And we have one more OGs because I want to leave the other technical for the Demario Carroll Gold Star Award. But the the final OGs is Nick Nurse. He wasn't Nick Nurse has been getting a lot of technicals, so maybe he has a a bad boy reputation in the NBA these days. But I don't know if everyone heard on the broadcast, but the the microphone around the Miami Heat's nets, so it's extremely loud, so you can hear it when people are screaming and when the ball hits the rim. It's real, it's real emphatic. But you could hear Nick Nurse, and he he's you know sometimes when he's yelling out plays, and at one point he just screamed out travel. He just literally yelled travel. It was heard onto the microphone. It was heard on the broadcast, and the ref just teed him up, teed him up for no reason. Didn't say anything provocative. Didn't say anything bad. He just yelled out travel and got a technical. That was. That was real weird. That was a that was definitely an OG's moment, but we we have bigger bigger moments to talk about with technicals tonight, and so we're just gonna swing it straight into the Mario Carroll Gold Star Award and tonight. That's going to Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, my least favorite NBA player, coming out on the court and just being a complete mephist to Kyle Lowry the whole game, and he was talking smack. He played. He didn't even play that solid. I know that he were getting wins and whatever, but he was one of nine himself from the three point line. Only had seven points. I had a few assists. And he's a good basketball player. I am not going to take credit where, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He's pretty good at the game of basketball. But just his antics and his off-the-court stuff, you've heard the stories about him and how he poured boiling water over his uh, his girlfriend's face, just poured a, a steaming pot of water over his girlfriend's face. Just, just seems like a real lunatic. There's no real other way to put it. But, yeah, and tonight, continuing to get on with just... just not even like fun antics, not Lance Stevenson blowing into someone's ear, not Patrick Beverly just hyping everyone up, and I know that gets under people's skin too, and that's fair enough, but he was straight, like at one point, Kyle Lowry, and this is what sparks the Gold Star Award, Kyle Lowry's just literally playing defense, ready ready to be in denied position, has his hand on, on Kendrick Nunn, and then Kendrick Dunn just starts slapping him. Just starts slapping his hands all dramatically. Like it's like Lowry's not allowed to play defense on him. And the refs come over after Nunn has slapped Lowry twice, and Lowry's like, What what is this guy doing? You know, and he puts his hand back on him and deny position. Nunn slaps him again. And the ref hits him both with a technical. It was a double technical awarded. Lowry literally do, didn't do anything. He was just playing defense, and then they, <laughs> then they gave him a double tech. Nunn was slapping him. And with Lowry with his hurt thumb and the wrist issues in the past, it's, he could have injured him, slapping him, that, that might be a bit of a stretch, but just a complete moron, in my opinion, Kendrick Dunn, the, definitely, definitely getting the Demario Hill Gold Star Award from me, but, yeah, the Toronto Raptors, we're gonna swing it back to more in this game stuff, the Raptors gotta, gotta learn how to get a few more W's with, with this shorthanded roster, I know we have a lot of, our main scores are a lot, a lot of our offensive producers, they're out with injury, and I think people underrate Gasol and himself and just how the offense usually runs through him when he's on the court. Then uh, then when he's not, we usually run the Lowry-Ibaka pick-and-roll, which has been our only real consistent source of off- offense during the last stretch of games. Then obviously Spicy P is our, our number one option right now, and Norm Powell was averaging 20-piece for, for a lot of this season. So I think everything will be fine, assuming we get back healthy close to the playoffs. I think everything will be good, but... 
it'd be nice to get a few wins against the Heat, get in a few wins. As I mentioned the podcast, we're fighting for seeding. Seeding is going to be extremely important this year, and yes, I believe we could beat anyone in the Eastern Conference, but we want the, obviously, the road of least resistance. So hopefully the Raptors can get a few more Ws, get get back on track, because we lost four of the last six. But I'm sure the team will be fine. Lots of lots of fun games coming up, so stay tuned the Raptors Digest. You're the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. Anyways, I'm signing out. Cheers.